Welcome to the OKC First Church of the Nazarene podcast. At OKC First, we are learning to do three things. Friendship with God, friendship with one another, and open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. Man, that has been too cool. This sermon series in Epiphany. I want to bring that first slide up. You can see that. Thanks to Zach Lucero for creating this creating this great sermon graphic. I don't know, how many of you have noticed that it's the EP, that EP is Epiphany? How many of you noticed that? Anybody have noticed that before just now? Great creativity on Zach's part as we've been looking through the season of Epiphany through prophets and poets. Our senior pastor, John Middendorf, has been leading us in this sermon series, and I kind of continue that story today with some of my favorite songs and passages. Uh, for those of you who this is at one of your first Sundays, we've been looking at the psalm as well as the Old Testament passage as somewhat of a mixtape is about how God has revealing himself to us and how we reveal God. Now, tapes. Pastor John talked about mixtapes. My family owned five tapes growing up, so it's not going to be a problem today for me to take you through expertise on music. Here were the five tapes my family owned. The best of the Statler Brothers. You can applaud if this has also been a song, a tape that was meaningful for you growing up. The Judds, the Judds' greatest hits. These are classics, right? The third tape my family owned. Crystal Gale's all-time greatest hits. Don't you make my brown eyes blue. I love you, Crystal Gale. And then we also had the Carpenters. Ooh, thank you. Smooth tones of Karen Carpenter. I was in love. Uh, Don't you forget you told me you love me, baby. Okay, and then finally... We had the Beach Boys. So those were the five songs. So you are in good hands, because I know music. Uh, those, we would go on road trips. We would start with one tape. We would listen to all of them. And that's when we got done with the fifth tape, let's go back and see what the Judds have to say again. So when I was growing up, Pastor John talked about the mixed tape that he would give to a beloved that he might be able to woo towards a date, perhaps. That wasn't me. I, a little bit after John, a little bit younger than John. I had the mixed CD. How many of you bought like 100 packs of CDs uh, to be able to make those CDs, mix those songs just right, be able to give that to somebody? You, you kids today, you have Spotify and Apple Music and all these different things. We had mixed CDs. Here is the most important mixed CD I ever made. This was... When Katie and I got married 15 and a half years ago, we put together a mix CD. Now, some of you have known us for 15, 16 years. How many of you were at my wedding and had that CD? Uh, quite a handful, this side more than that. So we, what we carefully and we labored over every single song that we would give to our wedding guests. And they were beautiful. In fact, oddly enough, my cousin Claire, Claire, I'm gonna have you listen to this on podcast, just this week, she wrote me, not knowing we were talking about mixtapes. Hey, do you have the songs from your mix CD you gave out at your wedding? It was, a, it was a mix CD that really carried my childhood, carried my teenage years. I'm not going to read you all these songs, but afterwards, if you'd like to come take a look at it, it'll be at the communion table. Um, <laughs> so that was the most important mixtape. So what we did, we gathered the songs that we felt were most important to us. This was about what it meant to be Jason and Katie. These are the songs that were going to reveal what it meant to be Jason and Katie. So, you kids, now you don't get a chance to give away a mixed tape or a mixed CD. It's a Spotify playlist. It's an Apple Music playlist. It's something to be able to have you get by and sort of pass those along. And I feel for you. They don't get to give somebody something tangible to be able to say, may 
this reveal to you who I am that you may perhaps maybe even go out on a date with me. So, um, as I was thinking about songs that would match the... Oh, okay, come on. Who else are my Hamilton fans? Is anybody Hamilton fans? Okay. I mean, I love Hamilton so much. I was thinking about, okay, I've got Psalm 119. I've got Deuteronomy 30. I've got to shoehorn in the story of Hamilton. I got, sorry, Hamilton fans. It's not going to work. That'll be later. We'll do that later. Also, I'm a huge fan of Chance the Rapper. Love me some Chance. Um, I was trying to be able to say, how can I shoehorn Chance into these? And I just, you know what? Dr. Green, it didn't work. I learned that there's a message, and then you go find illustrations. You don't have illustrations, and then go find a message, right? So I had to get rid of Chance. So Psalm 119, I am not going to read all the verses, because you may know Psalm 119 is almost as long as all the psalms put together. So, but there's a few psalms at the beginning, these first eight or so verses. I'm just going to read the first three. I got this, and I thought, what are, what's a song that can help me in a mixtape song portray the message behind, happy are those whose, ways it, whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Happy are those who keep his decrees, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. Psalm 119 is a really, really long acrostic uh, song to be able to teach young people about the ways of the Lord. That if you follow Torah, if you follow after the ways of God, if you walk with God and you are blameless, life will go well with you. Life will be happy if you follow Torah. This is the way you will walk in and through God. And so I began to think of some of those songs being the musical expert that I am. And I found a particular band and a particular song, and I want to see teens, eyes on me, eyes on me. How many are teens? Okay. Do you know this band? Okay. Do you know this band? Anybody? Anybody? Any teens know it? We've got an intern sponsor. Any teens know the name of this band? You know the song? No, no, anybody? Hope says, Dancing Queen by ABBA. Oh, take in the joy of this song from the Swedish pop group. Oh, okay. Oh, so beautiful. And aren't they gorgeous people? Aren't they gorgeous people? I believe they were from 1995. I believe that's the year of, uh, just kidding, you guys. This is pure 70s life, right? How many of you had a record by ABBA. How many of you had a record or a tape? How many of you lived within this song? Oh my goodness. So beautiful. Take that down just a little bit for me. So I want to talk a little bit about this, this Swedish super group, the Swedish pop group. Um, oh, you know what? Let's not start. Oh, so I, I've got one more song for you. I've got one more song for you. Okay, let's do it again. How about this song? Okay. Oh, look at their outfits. Aren't they gorgeous? Okay, anybody know this song? This is Name That Tune, Churchwide. Mama Mia, thanks, Blair Hart. So, okay, you can, you can, you can let's, let's live within that song. Come on, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. So, Katie and I, we went on a vacation to New York City. How many years ago? Ten, nine years ago? And this, all the songs of ABBA were put together into a Broadway musical, a Broadway play called Mamma Mia. And how many of you have seen Mamma Mia at Lyric? How many of you have seen, oh, lots of you, a third of you have seen this Broadway play that takes all the songs of ABBA into a glorious story and it puts it together. Mamma Mia, here I go again. My, my, how 
Oh, you guys, I love it. I, so I did not grow up with this beautiful Swedish pop music in my mind, but man, I love it and live into it. So let me tell you, especially teens, a little bit about the 70s Swedish pop group, okay? These names, I sat up here yesterday practicing these names to an empty congregation. I cannot pronounce them. I tried so many times practicing yesterday. These are the names. Agnetha, Bjorn, Benny, and Anifried, when we went by Frida. So, teens, can you see how they got the name Abba? Can you see how they did it? Look, this their first, that's, I thought it was like an homage to Abba Father. I thought it was like an homage. I didn't know what it was for. I didn't know this was their initials. But it's this acrostic, right? It's this acrostic. And so there's a joy and a lightheartedness in this Swedish pop group called ABBA. And I have been worried. If I say ABBA, I'm sorry. I didn't grow up with the music. So if I say ABBA instead of ABBA, please forgive me. It's bound to happen at some point. So that psalm, there was a lightheartedness to it. That when you enter into this relationship with God... And it's something, especially fourth and fifth graders, I when I need the attention of fourth and fifth graders. When Pastor Lisa takes you on that retreat and she takes you to that dance studio and she talks about God as the relationship between Father, Son, and Spirit is this relational dance that God invites you into. That's when you are most happy. That is when you have the most fullness of life. That is when you are in the dancing queen of life, when you have the most opportunity to love and live into the law of God and the Torah of God. So that's going to be part of our mixtape as we look at Psalm 119, but there's more. Oh, goodness, look at this. I thought about finding costumes from local thrift stores and dressing up in different costumes. Uh, no, Natalie says no. Good idea it is to wear what I was wearing. Okay, good. There's one more song on our mixtape this morning. Listen. Listen to Bjorn and Benny. Okay, let's have that in the background as we read Deuteronomy 30 because we are going to be using that mixtape from our friends, this Swedish group. Oh, did I say that they were two married couples? Did I say that? No, they're two. Did you know that about, about this group? They were two married couples. Benny and Jorn, they wrote the music. I watched documentaries this week for you about this Swedish group, so I would know what it was about. So they, were, they, were, they got married, and in the early stages of their group, they just were this couple in love, and Benny and Jorn, they would write the music, and the women would sing it in front of the band, and they were very, very popular. And they lived together in this relational, covenantal dance of God, and their songs were all so happy. And so we're going to move into understanding. Oh, let's go ahead and turn it off, because I'm going to be distracted. I don't know if you're distracted. But I'm going to be distracted if take a chance, take a chance isn't going throughout the whole rest of the sermon. So thank you, Nicole. So I, in so many ways, I want you to remember that refrain, take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, because I believe when we look at this passage of Scripture from Deuteronomy, is that God is going to be saying to the people as they are about to enter into the promised land, take a chance on me. The people of God, they are resting in this area called Moab, which is east of the Jordan. And Moses comes to them with a message from God. This prophet of God comes to his people and he says, see, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. Moses comes to his people and he is so hoping that they will live into the narrative of what it means to follow after Yahweh, 
They are in a confused state. They're placed in this wilderness wanderings. They're about to cross over into the land. And Moses comes to them and he says, you guys, you guys, you guys, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I'm commanding you today by, this is key, loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, observing his commandments and his decrees and his ordinances. If you do this, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are about entering to possess. This was what the God, people of God were created for. They were created for this land. This is what they were created for. God had given them a promised land, and finally, finally, they were about to go across the river and take the promised land. And Moses is saying, you guys, it's so important. You cannot forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. You have to follow after Yahweh. Because when you get in that land, there's going to be temptations. And he continues, but if your heart turns away and you do not hear Oh, my biblical scholars, you hear something when you hear do not hear, because in Deuteronomy, hear does not just mean you. The words go in one ear and out the other. Hear, you hear with your feet in Deuteronomy. You hear with your feet. When you hear, you listen and you do. You follow after God. It's the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, back in the first speech of Moses. This is the last speech of Moses. He hearkens back to that first speech, and he says, don't forget Hear, but if you don't hear, you will be led astray and you will bow down to other gods and you will serve other gods. And if you do that, I declare you today that you shall perish. If you follow after other gods, if you forget, you will perish. You shall not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter into possess. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. And Moses says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. And Moses says to his people, choose life. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast unto him. Moses comes to his people and he says, choose life. For when you choose life, that means life to you and length of days so that you may live in this land that I have promised you that I swore to you, to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, this is a fulfillment of the covenant that I will be your God, you will be my people, and I will give you this land. Now, don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. Because temptations lay in the land you're about to go into. Because there are other gods, there are other stories that you might want to live into. And I never quite understood Baals until someone helped me understand what one or two of the Baals that the people of God could have worshipped as a temptation to the people of God once they entered into that land. One of the Baals was the god of weather, storms, and thunder, and lightning. That's one of the Baals. And you think, well, why would you worship? I always sometimes think of the Israelites. Man, how dumb were the Israelites? They have the god of the universe. He's delivered them from slavery and they have a chance to take the promised land, how dumb to worship some god of weather. And yet, what would it mean to an agricultural community that was going to depend upon their crops for abundance and prosperity? What might it mean for them to worship a god, the god of weather, the god of storms, the god of lightning, and a god of thunder? It meant that they might praise a god that could bring them rain, and if they praise the god that bring them rain, they might be able to put that God a little bit in their pocket and say, 
man, I'm not sure if I fully trust the Lord of heavens and earth, and I want to put a little God in my pocket because I'm not quite sure I can trust him to bring me the rain that will bring me the crops, that will bring me prosperity. I'm not sure if I can fully trust him. And so they put a little bit of that God in their pocket, right? Or they try to manipulate that God and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to follow after Yahweh, but man, I'm on the side a little bit. A little bit on the side. I want to trust in a God who really, in the Monday through Saturday kind of lifestyle, really bring me the kind of trust and prosperity that I need because I need to protect myself. You see, there were two significant temptations for the people of God once they crossed over into the land. The first one was paganism, and the second one is injustice. Another way to say paganism was the people of God did not put God first in their life. They did not put God first in their life. That was a significant threat. It's following after other gods. That was very significant. And it's not as if that God was needy or God was a pathetic God that needed them, but they needed God first in their life in order for them to survive. The second biggest temptation for the people of God was injustice. Because once they did not put God first in their lives, what did they put first in their life? They put themselves first. Oh, man, those of you who tweet this sermon, that is really good. Take some time to get that one again. Once you do not put God first in your life, you begin to put yourself first. And that was a temptation for the people of God. And so, the people of God, oh gracious, self-interest began to prevail, and the widow and the orphan and the sojourner were ignored, and the people of God were bad neighbors. So this were the two main obstacles, the two main temptations I think that Moses was saying, you guys, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Put God first, because when you do not put God first, you put yourselves first, and when you put yourselves first, self-interest will prevail, and you will not take care of the people I have given you to take care of. You will not take care of the widow and the orphan and the sojourner. You will be a bad neighbor, and God says, no, I want you to choose life, and choosing life is choosing life for all, not just for yourself. And Moses is so worried that the people of God will not follow after him. And you guys, guess what happens? They don't put God first. They follow after other gods. They forget God's call to take care of those who are most vulnerable. And what happens is that they are taken away to exile. Pastor John's been talking about that the last couple of weeks. You, there's a, two camps from the north, Assyria and Babylon, and they come down and they destroy, and they take the very land that they have been given, that very land, the promised land, the whole reason they exist, that they might be God's people, God might be their God, and they might have this land, that promise, they crossed over into the land, and now it's gone. The temple is gone. The kingship of gone. It is laid waste. And one of the harder things I think about this passage for me is that most likely... Deuteronomy 30, and a lot of Deuteronomy is going to be put together and written down by the people of God while they were in exile. They are looking back at their failures, and they're remembering the speeches of Moses, and they are saying, oh, that's right. Moses said, he told us if we would not follow after God and we would put ourselves first and that we would be people who would be people of injustice and not justice, if we would do those things, then it would be come, come to our failure. We would choose death and not life, and they look back and they see their failures, and they look back and they say, oh, what have we done? 
We have done this to our own faults. We have done this to our own destruction. We have done this to our own death. We have not chosen life, and it has not gone well with us. But the amazing thing about this passage is that the people of exile have the opportunity to, re to retain the land. They're coming back to the land, and they're remembering this passage, and they are thinking to themselves, okay, we, for we can't forget we can't forget, we can't forget. The temptations are still gonna lie there to not put God first. The temptations are still gonna lie there to put ourselves first and to not remember the most vulnerable to take care of them. And it's an amazing thing that God does throughout scripture because the very nature of God is revealed in Psalm 119, the very nature of God is revealed in Deuteronomy 30, and the very nature of God is that God is always coming for his people in grace, giving them another chance. God is always going to come to us as the church. God is always going to come to you as an individual. And he's going to say, amidst all the narratives, amidst all the stories, amidst all the gods, take a chance on me. God is going to come to you and he's going to say, you know these other narratives, they don't work. Would you one time, could you possibly, could you think that the way that for life that is most happy and most fulfilling and most successful is to follow after God and to walk into his ways? Amen. This is the way, walk in it. This is what it means to follow after Yahweh. You see, you guys, Israel failed time and again. Time and again, time and again, time and again. And guess what? We fail time and again, time and again, and time and again. And God continually comes to us and says, take a chance on me. I get a chance to teach a disciple class. If you have taken disciple in the last four years, would you please raise your hand? Man, that's a lot of you. Wonderful. We go through the whole Bible. One of my very favorite moments in every class is when one person says, and they all of a sudden they're in the, reading the Bible, and they're looking at the scripture, and all of a sudden they look at me and they say, Jason, I guess what? We're Israel. We are Israel. It's not just that they were dumb and forgetful. We're dumb and forgetful. We have a God who loves and creates us, and yet we cast him aside for other gods that pull at our heartstrings. We are just like them. And God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, a character that always comes to his people in grace, he comes to us just like he came to his people Israel, and he says, take a chance on me. Whew, man. Boy, this one has been really gotten me. I'm reading a lot of Richard Rohr. We're so glad that Richard Rohr is coming March 26th. And in one of Richard Rohr's books, uh, Falling Upward, he has this quote from Thomas Merton. Man, there's maybe not a better quote about all the gods of the universe that are trying to trick us into following after them than this one from Thomas Merton. Let me read it for you. People may spend their whole lives climbing the ladder to success only to find once they reach the top, that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Oh, man, isn't that gut-wrenching? I think that God comes to us today and he says, don't let the culture, don't let the gods of the culture set up the ladder against the wrong wall in your life. Oh, man. Okay, kids, this is the kids', this is the kids portion of the sermon. Kids, let's get up from your coloring, up from your tablets, up from your iPhones. Okay, up on this, eyes on the screen. Eyes, we got Paw Patrol. We got Paw Patrol. Well, we, you got it right, buddy? You know, you, 
Give me a couple of names of the characters of Paw Patrol. Sky, she's the pink one. Rubble. How about we sing the song? How about we sing the song, McCall? No, no, no singing the song. Okay, hey, how about this? For those of you not in Paw Patrol, how about some Lego Batman? Some Lego Batman? A little bit too, Paw Patrol's too kiddo? Some Lego Batman? Okay, this is the kid portion of the sermon. Okay, kids, you got eyes on me? Tablets down, eyes on me, ready? This was just a trick. It's just a trick. The gods of the world and the culture are going to say that there's more important things in your life than the two things that we want you to believe in. Oh, we want you to love God. Oh, we want you to love others. I tricked you. I tricked you because guess what? The culture is going to trick you. Kids, the culture is going to come out and they're going to say, there are more important things. Success looks different than what you think success looks like. But no, guys, God has written the story of success and the success is for you to love God and to love others. And especially, I want you to be able to do the gospel when you leave, okay? What it means for you to do the gospel, kids, to love others might mean for you to share. What a good practice. What a great practice for you to live for our few kindergartners through fifth graders who are here today in Kids Sunday. What would it mean for you to share? What would it mean for you to not always think that you need to accumulate more stuff for yourselves, but to share with those who may not have as much as you? Okay, kids, you can get back on your tablets, you can get back on your color, you can get back on your phones, that's kids' sermon's over. But man, adults, don't we have the same gods that tell us what success looks like? And the same cultures that say, my life is more than loving God and loving others and sharing, taking care of those who are more vulnerable vulnerable than you. The same call of God from Deuteronomy 30 is the same God of call upon our own lives today. God wants all of you, and he says, take a chance on me, because guess what? Somehow, 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 the God of the universe is not done with his people. He has not given up on you. Yes, this is a message for someone who has never said yes to God. This is a message for someone to choose life for the first time. But this is also a message for all of you who have failed. All of you who come to church, and you just come to church because you're supposed to come to church, but you don't believe that God is the God of the universe who will take care of you. That success is not something that you've given your full self to, to say, my success lives as I love God and I love others and I share, especially for those who can't take care of themselves. Guess what? God is not done with you either. God always comes to his people in grace. God always comes with us, and God, God always gives you the choice, and today, out of his love for you, God comes and he says, take a chance on me. He says, choose life so that you and your descendants may live loving the Lord your God. Obeying him, maybe better interpreted, hearing him, hearing him with your feet as you obey and holding fast unto God. For those of you who have read Pastor Dr. Green's Deuteronomy uh, commentary, you have heard a good sermon today. I, I told my wife, I may just read Steve's pages from the Deuteronomy commentary. This is all Pastor Steve for us today. One of the things you do, Steve, in your commentary is you draw us back to the five verses that take place before this final speech of Moses. And Moses comes to his people and he says, you guys... This commandment I'm going to give you today is not too hard for you, and it's not too far away. 
And right before the call, he's going to say, the word, that word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. I think in many ways it was because of the Shema. It was in their mouth every day. They knew they were to be a people who would love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And for us, again, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbor as ourself. And yet we fail and we forget that we are commissioned to choose life so that we may live. In a few moments, I'm going to ask Brandon to come and sing a song during this Eucharistic moment. We get this choice today as God comes to us and says, take a chance on me. We get to come to a table with open hands and a God who has loved us so much, he's given his life for us. We come and we remember that moment and we say, yes, I take the bread and the cup to live into the mission of what it means to follow after Yahweh, to live my whole life that I would love God with my whole heart, my whole mind, and my whole strength, and my neighbor as myself. For those of you who are baptized, you may want to dip your fingers in this bowl to remember that God has an exclusive claim upon your life, that the gods of the culture that draw you in all sorts of different directions and place their ladders all around the world against the wrong kind of walls. You get to remember that God has called you and commissioned and saved, and he has brought you to choose life. And I have even better news for you today than our friends did in the Old Testament. Because as we live into that dance of God, fourth and fifth graders, remember with me, teens who went to that dance practice with me, as we live into that relational understanding of who God is, as he invites us into relationship with him as Father, Son, and Spirit, we have the Spirit to help us along. As we take a chance on God that he might be only the only God that we would serve, we have the Holy Spirit to help us, and when are we going to need it? Every day and every hour. Brandon's going to sing this song as you come to the table, listen to the words. It's a song, it's, an old, it's a new rendition on an old hymn. Chris Tomlin and Christy Knuckles sing this song. And there's a line that I can't escape from me. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. It is so hard to choose God and choose God only, but we believe that the Spirit of God will help you along so that day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour, you can choose the God of the universe first in your life. Because, Brandon, perfect song to lead us into this, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing has that line, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. We are not saying that you do not love God, but you are prone to wander. You are prone to forget. You are Israel, and it's okay because God, because God comes to you now and he says time and again, take a chance on me. Let's pray. Brandon comes. Jesus, as we come to the table, and if you're helping with communion, you can go ahead and take your places, especially our kids. We're so excited about that. As we come to the table, God, would you give us the courage to say, we choose so many different stories and gods.
But God, give us the courage to now come lay some things down and to choose you. God, I ask you to bless these elements. Thankful for all of these servers and their hearts as they will be preparing their hearts to serve us. But God, bless these elements and would you transform them to a means of grace in our lives that we would be able to walk in your ways, that we would be able to walk in your paths, that we might be able to, in sacrificial, vulnerable love, join this dance of God in fullness. God, I ask that you would give us that courage to take some of those steps today. Maybe that step for the first time, for many of us, it'll be another step and another step and another step. And God, I ask that as we sing, that God, you would allow us to recognize that in the midst that we are prone to wander, we need you so deeply every hour. In a few moments, I... Uh, going to ask you to stand, come to your left, my right, be able to come to these servers. If you are new to OKC First Church and haven't been here before, uh, we take Eucharist or communion by intinction. Uh, they'll be one of our sponsors, one of our kids' sponsors. will take uh, a little a healthy size. We've got enough of it today. I bought extra. A healthy size of this gluten-free matzo bread, bringing us back to the story of God that we remember today and his deliverance of the people of God from from Exodus, some of that unleavened bread. They're going to break that off. They're going, to, they're going to give it to you. If you would come down with open hands, that's always helpful, a posture for us in these moments. And then you go ahead and take that, that little wafer. Would you please dip it right there in the juice and take it right there. And then you can go back to your seat or find a place to pray. Each and every week we have these padded altars that we'll have people who have been dedicated their life to prayer and would love to pray with you if you have any prayer for healing. Take any posture of prayer you want as you respond to the call of God upon your life. If you can't make it to the table, uh, looks like Britt and Katie will be coming to you to serve you at this time. But let me pray and do these moments as we give our lives to God. For on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. That same night he takes the cup and after blessing it, he also gives it to his disciples and he says, this is the new covenant. <laughs> and do this in remembrance of me. As God gives himself to us in these moments, may we also give ourselves back unto God. Would you please stand to receive this morning's Eucharist and worship as Brandon leads us in this song. Lord, I need 
free to take whatever posture that you'd like to pray. You may want to join those who, some of those who've gathered around these altars in these moments. And I'm going to be leading us in a short prayer of confession. I believe so much of what we've done so far has been prayer as we've come to the table. And then Pastor Lisa is going to be leading us in, in prayers and some of our kids' prayers in just a moment. And she'll be closing this with the Lord's Prayer. 
But in these moments of confession, would you pray along with me? Just like Brandon helped us sing. Lord, we come and we confess. God, sometimes we have chosen other stories and other gods to define who we are rather than saying that, God, your ultimate call upon our life is that we might love you and walk in your ways. God, forgive us, for we confess that sometimes we choose ourselves. We choose stories of other gods that pull and tug at us, that try to trick us into saying that this is what it means to be happy or this is what it means to be successful rather than saying what it means to be successful is to follow after God and to walk in his ways. God, call us to do that. Call us to obey and to hear with our feet as we embody that message of grace and love, hospitality, generosity, faithfulness that would be following after what it means to live in the nature of your son, Jesus who gave his life in vulnerable love. God, continue to call us day by day, hour by hour back to what it means to follow after you as our first love. We confess, God, and we ask that you would move us day by day, hour by hour to follow after you. Dear Lord, as we gather together here tonight, today as your body, the church, we worship and we praise you for who you are, a God full of loving kindness, forgiveness, mercy that you extend to us all. Thank you, Lord, for your love and grace that transforms our heart and creates a new heart in us, one that is willing to follow you and walk in your ways. Lord Jesus, we um, gather today and we wanna lift up those in our world that are struggling with brokenness, depression, lonely, and may need a special touch, a sense of your warmth and your presence. Be with them. Lord Jesus, we thank you um, and pray for the kids that go to Kids Club and the volunteers and the children who come through those doors every week. We pray together that you would use us and work through us in our neighborhoods and our communities. May we be used by you to bring hope and restoration by your spirit working in and through us. We think of those, Lord, in our congregation that need your healing touch. And as people come to your mind right now, would you say a prayer for them? We thank you, Lord, for um, the ways in which you move close to us in our very time of need. And we think of those, Lord, that are battling cancer. And we want to lift them up to you. Lord, I want to say a special prayer for Debbie McKenzie, who learned this week that her cancer has returned. Please, please be especially close to her and her husband, Bobby, and their sons as they prepare for an upcoming surgery here in just about nine days.
pray that you'll guide the surgeons and give them wisdom, Lord, as they care for Debbie. Lord, we pray for a complete healing from this cancer. Touch, heal, and restore her body. And dear Lord, now we think of our children. Lord, you have blessed us with such wonderful gifts. Lord, we are thankful for their tender hearts. Watch over them and protect them like um, the good shepherd that you are who cares for his sheep. May they continue to be drawn into your wonderful relationship. May they be reassured of your love for them. May their faith grow as they place their trust in you to guide, lead, and and heal them on this journey of life. Give them the strength to walk in your ways. Lord, we pray for our musical that the kids will be working on in uh, these next several months. May this message seep into their hearts as they prepare to share the good news of following you with others. Join me now uh, in praying for the prayers that the kids have prayed over the last month. They are posted on the screen in front of you. Now join me in saying the Lord's Prayer as Jesus taught his disciples using debt and debtors. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.